G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. At the beginning of this year, you'll recall there was wide anticipation that religious freedom laws were to be debated in the federal parliament, probably right now. And then came along COVID-19. You might be wondering what impact the global pandemic has had on the Commonwealth Religious Discrimination Bill. Well, it seems everything is on hold, while the government's agenda is now driven by fighting the health and financial crisis created by coronavirus. Well, one of those on the front lines of the battle for religious freedom has been Michael Kellahan from Freedom for Faith. Michael's joining us for an update on where he's at on this issue. Michael, welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to speak with you again. Michael, everything did stop and the government's agenda did slow down and that's affected the way you've been leading the charge here too so far as religious freedom goes. Oh, yeah. So one one day we were you know, expecting to see a bill introduced in Parliament and to be continuing to have kind of high-level talks with both sides of politics and then the next... We're all in this great crisis together and uh, everything needed to change. But I imagine that while things appear to have slowed, this is not necessarily a time for complacency. Uh, We still have to be across the issues and we still can't neglect the fact that at some time in the very near future, these things may well be back on the agenda. Yeah, and look, the good work that we've been able to do um, uh, with with both sides of the politics... Uh, we'll bear fruit in time. So when we, when we go back to it, uh, I'm sure that uh, there'll, there'll be value in all, all that we've done. But I think, too, we may well be in a different kind of place as a nation as we think about how it is we you know, do life together. I think this crisis has brought forward some really important questions for us as a nation about who we are and how it is that we look after the, the vulnerable and the weak and how do we deal with people who have, you know, different uh, beliefs and what's the relationship between the government and churches and charities and individuals? So we'll have the same um, uh, questions that need to be answered, but I think we'll do it with a, the, the kind of wisdom that, that has been formed by the suffering that so many are going through at the moment. Michael, what are your thoughts around public perception here? Because the church reputation by public perception has been fairly low of recent times. A little bit of an opportunity for a bit of redemption here. What are your thoughts on how there might even be a a changing relationship as to the way Australians see the church when the church is actually rising to the occasion with some of the challenges brought about by COVID-19? Yeah, look, I think anyone now who wants to run ideas that, you know, the church has no place in the public square and, and so on needs to um, be able to uh, consider how it is churches are caring for so many who've, you know, lost jobs and houses and incomes and 
um, the kind of cooperation that's going on between the faith groups uh, and so on as well at the moment. It, it all spells a, a lie to claims that you know here are people who are bigoted and self-interested. Um, I was speaking to a, a, a senator the other day. He said he, he knows that it's going to be the churches who are picking up the many people who are going to fall through the cracks here. I, I was speaking to a pastor who said, um, uh, you know, a third of his parish have lost jobs and half of them are now homeless and he doesn't know how he's going to be feeding uh, all these people but he knows that there's no one else who can do it. I was speaking to a Muslim imam who's been um, had been looking after 50 people who are in need of urgent crisis care. He's now looking after over 2,000 and, um, and, and trying to do it with um, resources that come from within their community and the government just not kind of understanding necessarily the issues that are faced by those on the ground helping, helping those in need. And you use the example of even the Muslim imam. And while we're ordinarily talking about Christians uh, by way of religious freedom, when we talk religious freedom, we're talking religious freedom across the board. And there is a sense in which those other religious groups, uh, they actually do have a role to play too in the care for the community. Absolutely. His example is a really interesting one, actually, because... The, the situation he's in is that, understandably, his community have, um, you know, halal food requirements that they want to follow, but they're up against uh, a state government in New South Wales that says no religious group is able to uh, get the food which, which the government provides to hand on to others, Christian, Muslim, anyone. For the Christian groups, um, that's okay because they know that those are, that are in they're in contact with, they're able to eat other food prepared by secular hands. But for the Jewish community, for the Muslim community, um, and I imagine for the Hindu community, there's going to be food requirements which say, look, you need to handle it in this particular kind of way. So we've been able to help an approach to New South Wales government to say, look, your normal rules that say um, no religious groups can be involved here are actually leaving very vulnerable people uh, without food, uh, and that's happening on your watch. So um, there's been a remarkable kind of Team Australia thing going on. I think you can describe it between federal and state governments, between different faiths that say, look, we need to see the implications of some of these policies to um, the neighbours that we have, be they Christian or Muslim or Samaritan, you know? We need to think, who is my neighbour? How do we care for them? And how do we encourage good policies to, to do that? And I so, think because we've got a bit of a history yeah. with, you know, with different governments and we've been able to deal with them in, in, in good faith. So they've actually been approaching us and saying, look, um, here's an issue. How do we work with this? Can you connect us to different communities? Which, is, which has been great. Your role changing somewhat in this time when you talk about advocacy for those religious organisations uh, because in the way that we might even uh, argue they've been discriminated against by government, uh, including the Christian church, uh, there's a certain sense in which a revival of an understanding of the value and importance to the community is something that you're actually talking about uh, ahead of the time when we'll actually have this renewed debate on religious freedom. Yeah, I, I think there are signs of that everywhere. And look, I, I don't want to downplay the terrible things that are happening everywhere. It's just that in these 
um, in these dark days um, and on the back of globally so many who are, who are dying and are facing terrible things, I think big questions are being asked about um, how is it that we do civil life together? And it's not going to be sufficient just to say, well, you know, we, we just let the market decide or, you know, we just um, have a, a separation of uh, church and state. We want people to be able to play a part, not just as, um, you know, consumers in a market, but as citizens in a society. And, and you can't do that without asking religious questions without involving um, people of all faiths and people of none to say, how is it that these kind of values um, shape the, the life we have together? There's a bit of loosening happening in some states right now around some of the tight restrictions around uh, COVID-19 restrictions, uh, social distancing and such things. You're also uh, involved in some of the ways that government is understanding uh, the special needs that churches or uh, synagogues or even mosques might have when it comes to things like weddings and funerals. What sort of things are you involved in there? Um, we we did have a, a, a bit of a voice uh, into that, uh, but to be honest, uh, it was happening so fast that governments were really needing to make decisions before they could necessarily understand things. Um, the speed, the exponential spread of the virus, just required um, very fast decisions to be made before all the information could be known. And so we were able to go back and say, look. Um, Easter's coming, you know, this is what it would mean in terms of live streaming and, and, and things like that. Um, but generally, the governments have had to move faster than any kind of normal process that you'd ever see. So we, we, we had uh, states that were asking police to enforce laws that hadn't even been gazetted and published, so people didn't know what the law was. So the, the turning off of those... Um, extraordinary public health measures as we go back into more normal times uh, is going to be important uh, and can be a bit more <laughs> measured and calm. Governments don't won't be under the same kind of time uh, constraints. But it's important that we do see them um, removed and, and people able to return. As that happens, there are going to be some uh, difficult areas. So thinking through the ability of uh, churches that say, maybe in public schools or universities and their ability uh, to meet how will that sit with the need for, for schools to be safe. That's something that um, we've certainly started talking to faith leaders about. Um, that's got big implications. Um, uh, yeah, so again, though, it's part of that Team Australia where we're trying to get people to um, talk well uh, with each other uh, and to be able to... Um, you know, come up with sensible policies. As you say, the government has moved so quickly and sometimes uh, even argued that in an undemocratic way, uh, the idea of emergency thinking has emerged across a whole lot of different elements of our society. And I imagine that bringing some level of restoration to our rule of law and order and our democratic processes, uh, that's going to need a lot of, you know, careful and uh, insightful direction that's going to come from Christians as well who understand freedom I think uh, better than many so what are your yeah. thoughts for uh, you know for your own involvement in uh, things that are coming uh, things that are about yeah, to uh, 
I think we've all got a, 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 a important part to play there as as citizens, you know, to be able to to speak and you know uh, that that goes from praying for leaders to you know contacting your MP. I actually wrote a handwritten letter to my local MP yesterday just to say thanks and um, talk about a couple of things, but really just kind of wanting to make that connection. So yeah, look, there are going to be all sorts of things like that that um, that take place, but it's a very, very different conversation than I think we're seeing in, say, America, where there's a very different kind of um, uh, dialogue taking place around rights. So we, we just haven't seen that on any kind of large public scale here about people uh, demanding rights to liberty and so on to uh, to meet we, we just uh, we're in a different culture uh, you know I sometimes joke that, that liberty in Australia is a Subaru you know like we actually think differently about how we do life together and we, we think it differently in a public health crisis than we do when the health crisis is gone so it is going to be important to see um, those health crisis uh, extraordinary measures removed um, and for that to be, uh, you know, done quickly uh, and, and in, in safe kind of ways is, is important. Meanwhile, the way you do your advocacy has changed. Uh, you're moving a whole lot of different things online. Uh, no doubt uh, for those who might be listening to us today who want a guest speaker or someone to do a presentation on where things are at by way of freedom, uh, you'll be available and you'll have all sorts of resources for people uh, to use uh, from social media to streaming to uh, being available because uh, everything got shut down. You weren't able to uh, plan your fundraising dinners and such things this year. How are you coping by way of, uh, you know, keeping afloat here, Michael? Is there anything uh, you'd like to encourage listeners with? Oh, look, always uh, keen for support. And we, we did have our major fundraiser for the year. Um, uh, it, it, would have, it would have been on May 15 uh, in Sydney. And my guess is restaurants aren't going to be open by then. Um, so we've um, <clears throat> cancelled that. Uh, or at least postponed it. We've, we've uh, cancelled our conference. We, um, I'm just not doing the, um, you know, um, visits into Parliament. And a lot of the stuff that we were doing just as our normal kind of thing has changed. Um, and so we've gone through the same kind of exercise. And I think a lot of people around the country are doing is retooling. So we're thinking, how do we help uh, at this moment? And it feels like um, God's kind of put us in a place where we've been able to, you know, productively engage in the public square and to, and to think about how to do that faithfully as Christians. And at the moment, um, there's a need for that, not, not necessarily for us to bang on about our rights, but um, we need hope uh, to, to think uh, in, in a world with this much suffering and this much crisis where so much confidence has been placed in, in technology and its ability to deliver us or in the market and its ability to give us endless growth or globalism to do that. Like, what happens when those things just crash in a day, you know? And Christians have got great reasons for hope in the middle of a challenge like that. 
Well, Michael Callahan, there are a number of very, very important voices in the whole challenge for our religious freedom. And uh, you're one of them. And I will point our listeners to uh, your website to make that connection and uh, for whatever way that listeners might be able to support, whether it's a prayerful support, uh, whether it's a financial support, and some may be able to do that. Let me point people to the website freedomforfaith.org.au, freedomforfaith.org.au. Michael Callahan, thanks so much for updating us today on 2020. Always great to speak. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.